Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, it's not too early to start thinking about dinner as you're in your car right now. Highly recommend Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them in Centennial off of Arapahoe Road and North Denver. Absolutely. The best barbecue in frown uh, town. Just got a text from a buddy of mine earlier today, and he said, yeah, I decided to have a late lunch. He sent me a picture of Smoking Dave's in North Denver. Ooh. I don't know anybody that doesn't love that place. I mean, they smoke their meats, and I'm talking about everything. Great sides, outstanding non-barbecue options like that chicken marsala. I'm telling you, that could be on any menu of a five-star restaurant, and their desserts are amazing. If you've never been... Try it. Once you do, it'll be the only place you go to. Trust me on this. If I had all the barbecue in town, no one is better than Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Real quick before we go in, I got to say you were right. About what? Because the sack data actually goes back to 1960. Yeah. Deacon Jones, 22 sacks in a 14-game season. Twice. Ah. Wow. So Deacon Jones, he did it in 64 and 68. And Bubba Baker did it in 78. So Bubba Baker, as great as he is, right. has to take a back seat in the single-season sack category on a per-game basis to Deacon Jones. And what does Watt have? Uh, TJ Watt has 21 and a half in, uh, over the course of the season. Let me ask you something really quick. Let's say they didn't go all the way back. Yeah. Just for the sake of argument, because it's taken them, I don't know, decades to finally do it. Yes. Decades to finally do it. But they did. So it makes the argument that Deacon Jones is now the guy. I'm waiting for them to do something about Gratishar, but that's another subject. Mm-hmm. Michael Strahan is considered to have the single season highest total for sacks. He is considered to hold the record in NFL annals, yes. On a 16-game schedule. Yes. I asked you earlier in the show, what if a guy is injured? TJ Watt missed a couple of games. Yeah, he's played he's and he and he has averaged a sack and a half per so, game. And so basically, so here, in your mind, yeah. between those two, who would be on a 16-game schedule the greatest sack guy in a single season? I'd have to go with TJ Watt. There you go. So you did kind of backtrack on that. But I said no, but I also said I'm not sitting there and saying if you have like 20 touchdown passes in five Uh games, there has to come a point. Maybe a good way of thinking of it is this. You play 75% of the season. Okay. It's kind of like at bats for a bat for a batting title, right? Okay. Right. If you pull, so let's say you play seventy five percent of the games in the year. Let's just we can set that there, three quarters, right? I mean, that's fair. Yep. Which was in a 16-game schedule, 12. Uh, it gets a little dicier when you get to a 17-game schedule. But Yeah, but you know what the funny thing is? Yeah. If it wasn't for a 17th game, it wouldn't. T.J. Watt would never have a chance to break 
the record right. as most sacks per game. Let's move on. Yes. Drew Locke met the media today. And yes, he believes he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I feel like I've done a lot of good things to the point where I am confident in myself that I deserve and should be a starter in this league. Um, it's going to take other people watching my film and seeing that from me and you know, wanting that for me and whatever program that it is. But no, I do personally believe that you give me a starting job, you let me prep throughout the week, and give you a damn good chance to win a football game. Buying that? You know what? Confidence has been kind of a hallmark <laughs> of him. Yes. And I admire, I look, I admire the confidence despite everything that's happened over the last three seasons. And he's a good kid, too. He, let, let, let's, yes. let's be very clear. He's a really good kid. He's a very easy kid to root for. I'm telling you, and I said it yesterday, I don't like him having a little one-on-one -on -one verbal battle with Joey Bosa when, honestly, it makes you look like a fool. You're a backup. You're, you're John back and forth to Joey Bosa. Then he eats your lunch on the next play. He's a good kid shut, who's shut, done. Shut he, up and play. He's a good kid who's done some dumb things. Like a yes. lot of, like he, I, I point to the Bosa thing. I point to the quarterbacks last year uh, doing the content, taking off their contact tracers and then trying to cover it up and lie about it when there were cameras everywhere in the building who could basically expose them. Okay. He's a, right. he, he's a good kid who's done some dumb things, but you know what? His dumb things are not are fairly I hate fairly harmless, wouldn't you say, in the yeah. grand scheme of things? I agree. Compared to what we see from some other guys, I agree. Yeah. He here's something else because you have been forced to defend this on Twitter this year, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, or at least recently. Well, Drew's gone eight quarters without throwing an interception, right? Yes. Okay, let's pick a marginal quarterback, and I'm just picking anyone. How about Jared Goff? Is he pretty marginal? He's a lower tier starter, yes. Yeah, he uh, two times this season, or two times this season, he's gone two games without a pick. How about so that? Are we, are we supposed to applaud that? I mean, give me another guy because I'm not in the studio. Give me another guy who is considered bottom third. Davis Mills. You mentioned him yesterday. Yeah, I did. Let's yeah. see. How's Davis Mills done? Has he gone two games? Um, well, he's, he's not very good, but then again, we know he's not very good. Uh, he has gone two consecutive games without an interception. How about that? Yep. Mm -hmm. So suddenly that's the benchmark now, but let's not forget that one quarter earlier when he tried to do the read option, he took the wrong read and then he fumbled and then he had the ball stripped from him. I mean, that could happen to anybody, I guess. Making the wrong. Listen, I, again, <laughs> I like him now. I want I want to move on because we've got to get to Todd Davis. Yes. Pat Sertan senior senior. Remember, he played in the NFL, put on Twitter last night. If you don't have a quarterback. You don't stand a chance. We've heard a lot of parents on social media, a lot of girlfriends and spouses on social media. Is this different? Because we clearly know Pat Sertan senior is talking about juniors team. No, we don't. Actually, he wasn't. Mm. He was taught. This came yeah. during the Texas Bowl last night. 
John Trey Kirkland, who hadn't been a quarterback since high school and had been a practice Wildcat quarterback, he got thrown in there because LSU had no quarterbacks left because of injuries, the transfer portal, and they had one guy that they didn't want to take, they didn't want to burn a red shirt on. And so that's when he made that tweet. And so I know we can kind of read into it and think, oh, he's talking about the Broncos. I think specifically he was literally talking about a team that didn't have a quarterback for that game. Mace, can I ask you a question? Sure. You've had show notes all morning. If you really believe that, why did you allow me to step into that bucket of garbage? Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, seriously, you're all, Hey, you're always kind of prepared for me to counter what I, I've got. I, Sometimes can I leave a little bit of something for the air? No, and Danny's no. Danny is laughing behind the glass. And so is Andrew. Right no, now. No, they that, know exactly what I'm talking about. No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> but, but if I saw something that you put on the show notes, yeah. if I saw something that you put on the show notes and I know exactly where you're stepping and I know it's a hundred percent wrong. I am not going to allow you to say it on air knowing you're going to look like a jackass. To be fair, I I honestly thought we wouldn't get to it because we the, I thought the lock conversation would devolve. Yeah, you've had, but you've had that since 11 o'clock this morning. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, I had, and honestly, I had a pretty robust discussion about it off air right. uh, yeah. before our podcast uh, over at DMVR this morning. I'll say one thing before we get to Todd yeah. Davis. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind that Pat Sertan Sr. feels the same way about the Broncos quarterback situation. He probably None. he probably does. He does. And you know why? And, and you know why? Because he's been around Dan Marino and he's been around a very yep. good Trent Green in yep. Kansas City. He yep. knows what good quarterbacking looks like in this league. That's right. And he knows his son will never win a Super Bowl until they make a change. Yeah. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ. We're going to ask him, do the Broncos need to make a change at quarterback? Do they need to make a change at head coach? That's next. Even in my head, you're still in my bed. Maybe I'm just a fool. You think of me like what we used to be. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend and my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. Uh, he does my home. He does my auto insurance as well. He can also do commercial. He can do life uh, insurance, too. He's really the best in the business at what he does, and that's why I've been working with him for so long. And he has a huge staff as well. At Cook Insurance, they have over 70 years of experience. They know you. The, they know the right questions to ask you to get you the policy that you want. It is about people at the Cook Insurance Agency, not policies. Give them a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're to bring in our friend Todd Davis. The segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. And, of course, Todd, Super Bowl champ, joins us every Wednesday on the show. How are you, Todd? Doing great. How are you? All right, I know you're going to be thrilled that I'm giving you this opportunity to get ahead of the curve because by the time we talk next Wednesday, George Payton will likely have made his decision on whether or not to bring back Vic Fangio. So I'm going to let you get ahead of the curve. Do you think George should bring him back? I definitely feel like um, he should bring him back. Um, but in the capacity of deep as a coordinator, um, he so like won't that do that. If that's do. not going to be no. the case. It's either no, all or I was, like I was just, Yeah, I was I was going to say I feel like that would be hard to do as a man to come back to somewhere where you're the head man to, to change um, and be a deep coordinator. Um, but I do feel like maybe some new fresh blood would be good for the team. Um, I know um, what it was like having John Fox and Gary Kubiak. They both were great coaches. But one was able to win a Super Bowl, and with another we just weren't able to get – you know, to the mountaintop. So I understand what different coaches could bring. Um, so it may be time for some new blood. Now, you've been a part of a couple of coaching changes, of course, uh, when Gary Kubiak retired, and then, of course, Vance Joseph was out, and then Vic Fangio was in. And in both cases, there were a decent amount of position coaches who got retained. So if they did make a change at head coach, and maybe even at at least one or two coordinator spots, what kind of value do you think it would be to retain some of those position coaches, but particularly some guys that you know on the defensive side, like Reggie Herring and Bill Komar, who go back to Super Bowl 50? I think it would be great to have them. I think if you look at the body, their body of work and the players they have coached, and even if you look at this year, the young players that they have been able to bring up to speed and get going, you know, you spend way more time with your position coach uh, more than you do a defensive coordinator or your head coach. So with the job they've been able to do with the young guys they've had on defense speaks for itself. Um, so I feel like keeping guys, you know, you know, it's good to see familiar faces even when things change uh, as far as coaching. So I feel like keeping some of those guys like Reggie Herring, Bill Kolar, um, I think it would be great for the team. Uh, let's be more specific. You can give a yes or no unless you want to extrapolate. Should the Broncos bring back Pat Shermer? I don't think that our office has been what <laughs> we want it to be. I definitely don't feel like it performs the way that people are used to seeing our office perform, so I'll just say that. So succinctly, that's a no. With that, uh, how about their special teams coordinator, Tom McMahon? You know, I love Tom. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but special teams is another area that we have underperformed for a couple years now. So yeah. um, when you think about it's, it's crazy that – that, um, you know, you have to be uh, political when talking about coaches' jobs because if a player's, if a player's underperforming, he's out and there's no, there's no thought about it. You know, they trade him, they get rid of him, whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, when it comes to coaching, you never know what management's going to do. But I do think we have underperformed in our special teams this year. So, when, so but you mentioned offense underperforming as well, and I kind of was thinking about this 
when you're on a defense that is playing well, that is, I mean, you could say doing its job and then some, uh, it's one of the best in the league kind of across the board. And then the offense is struggling when you're on the defense, like, like what are the, what are the emotions that kind of go through when you're watching that? And eventually does a sense of kind of helplessness set in like, okay, it doesn't matter how good we do, but we're not going to, the other guys, the other side of the ball isn't going to kind of carry the weight and, it's not going to work out. Yeah, there is uh, that frustration, um, you know, with the other sides of the ball. Um, I've been in, you know, the locker room a couple times where uh, the defense felt like they were carrying their weight and they felt like we couldn't get any help. Um, you kind of, you know, you question the offensive coaches, you question uh, the general manager or the, the head coach about what we're doing as far as the direction where, our, uh, you know, our offense is headed. Um, so you start to question the whole organization because it feels like, um, you know, everyone sees that we need help and it's not getting done. Todd, I think it's fair to say you had more than a few seasons with the Broncos like that, but you were on the defensive side of the ball where there was a lot of frustration. I'm not suggesting there was a divided locker room. It was like the Jets and the Sharks in West Side Story, but there was some tension during some of the years that you were there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we never hated our teammates. Right. Or no, no, I'm not like suggesting that. that. Tension. We just, we just were. Yeah, I guess there was tension. It was frustration. It, it, it's frustrating when you feel like you're carrying <laughs> your weight. It's right. a team game. It's not. It's not boxing or sprinting where it's all on right. me. You know, I I need my offense to score points. I need the the punter and the kicker to get good kicks off and you know make plays. So I think you need everybody. So it's frustrating when your teammates or another side of the ball isn't doing their job. There were reports a few years ago that it kind of boiled over after one New England game, I think it was a key to leaving Russell Okung. Do you recall that happening, and what do you remember about that? Um, I think there was just frustration um, <laughs> throughout that entire season. <laughs> um, and it all kind of you know, hit a boiling point. Um, so, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm guessing in that situation, it finally it took a situation like that for Akeeb to finally speak his mind because he's a pretty quiet, passive guy. <laughs> and he's you got to really say something to piss him off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Uh, one more thing. One more thing. The quarterback position. If the Broncos can't make a trade, and I'll just put it out there, if they cannot make a trade for a Rodgers or a Wilson, is it time to say, okay, we, we've been going through this for the last five, six years, going through a free agency. It's not working out. Does George Payton need to draft the guy in the first round and say, that's our quarterback of the future? Does it need to be that fast? Or get, get trade for somebody great? I feel like if we can't trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, um, no matter what, we need to go all in at the quarterback position. So we either trade for somebody really big and use a lot of draft picks, or we trade up in the draft to get somebody early in the first round. Um, but if you look at the team as a whole, um, they're great on defense. They're great at every position um, on offense, every skill position, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. They just need somebody um, that's a little bit more efficient um, with getting the ball to the players. Um, so I feel like you need to go all in at, on a, at a quarterback. So this doesn't come out of your mouth, okay? Because I don't want you to say anything to incriminate yourself. I'm going to ask you a question. If it stays silent for the next four seconds, I'm going to assume the answer is yes. 
Okay. So work with me. Here. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't want you to incriminate yourself. I'm going to, right after I ask the question, leave four seconds of silence. And if that's four seconds of silence is there. Okay. Then I'm going to assume that answer is yes. And we're going to move on. Should the Broncos move on from all of the quarterbacks currently in the quarterback room? No. Really? Who should they bring back? I think that um, you you let Drew learn some more. Um, you know, I hmm. think this is a backup. Drew or Teddy, I think they would both be great as backups on the team. I feel like you may bring in a starter, but you need someone who, um, you know, has been in the locker room, knows the guys, that somebody trusts. I think either one would be a great backup to uh, Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson. No, but but hold on a second, because now we're now now we're really going down a path I didn't think we'd go down. If they can't get a Wilson or a Rogers, and they draft a guy, and they draft a guy, you want Drew Locke to be the incumbent and have the young kid learn under him? Well, I don't think that you know a new quarterback is learning under Drew Locke. You learn from your QB, uh, your QB coach. And your head coach. I think those are people that are supposed to mentor you to be the great player you are, not necessarily another player. So for this final game, Drew's going to play it, obviously, but I kind of want to focus on what every player is going to kind of go through in this game. And unfortunately, this has happened really often. This is the sixth straight year that the Broncos have played a a game without potential playoff uh, significance for them here at the end of the season. So when you're when a player's preparing for this game, what is what is it like? And then do business decisions get made? Because we've seen in some of these games what certainly look like business decisions from some players on the field in these season ending games. Yeah, um I think, you know, your your body and your off season and being prepared for next year is definitely, you know, at the forefront of your mind. Um going into the last game when you know there are no playoff hopes, there's no more season after this game. Um, I think players do make business decisions. I really think that the business decisions should come from, um, you know, upper the upper office. I don't see any reason why, um, you know, our star running backs or Justin Simmons or Bradley Chubb um, need to play in this game. You know what they can do. You need that for next year. There's no reason to risk uh, uh, injury or anything going into next season. Um, I think that you let the young guys play or the guys that you're unsure about or are, that are trying to make the team next year, I think you let them play and see what they can do. I think you use this as like a fourth preseason game like we used to have um, you know, before. You let the young guys play and see what they can do. Hey, Todd, tell us about the Davis phone. What kind of stuff are you going to be doing for 2022? So 2022 is, is getting off to a fast start. Um, we have um, partnered with some other groups to – really push forward and help um, to be able to create more um, affordable housing for families and be able to place uh, families in transition. I've been talking to uh, the mayor and the city council back home in California um, to be able to build affordable homes for families there. So, you know, we're looking to expand into other states. So I think it's going to be a great year for them. Why, why are you so passionate about this? I mean, I know you're passionate about a lot of things, as am I. So is Andrew. I'm involved in my own charitable organizations, too. But why this specific thing? I think I was always, I've always liked real estate. My dad sold real estate when I was younger. And I just know how important it is for uh, someone to have a home, someone to have somewhere that they feel safe. 
I think that you're much more confident and can feel like you can tackle a world, uh, tackle the world when you have somewhere to lay your head and feel comfort. When you're always feel threatened or unsure about, you know, even where you sleep, I think that carries over into other areas like school or your behavior or different things like that. So it's always important to have a safe environment to call home. If people want to get involved in the Davis Fund, how do they do it? You, you know, contact us um, by email at davisinvestingatyahoo.com or look at our website, btoddavis.com or apluslivingcom and check us out. You'll see events that we're doing there and, you know, be able to contact us, reach out and help us if you want to get involved. Todd, next week we could have some serious news to talk about. What do you think? I think we'll have serious news no matter which way it goes. So it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Tell Zeno to say hey. Thanks, Todd. Perfect. Thank you. See you, man. Coming up after the break, uh, Mace, you and I talked about this yesterday, I believe at 515, the entire blow up between Hubarkish, a Hall of Fame voter, and Aaron Rodgers. Arkish called Rodgers a jerk. Rodgers fired back today, and Arkish has now responded to Aaron Rodgers. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. All right, Mace, you and I had a conversation about this yesterday, essentially when the story broke. Hub Arkish, a pro football writer, longtime Chicago writer, he's been involved with football for a long time. Uh, came out and said on a Chicago radio station that he would not vote for Aaron Rodgers for the MVP award because he's a jerk. Does that basically sum up what Arkish said in yeah, a nutshell? A jerk. He criticized his uh, anti-vaccine stance as well. Right. Yeah. So um, Aaron Rodgers talks to the media today, not uh, talks to the media today and goes after Arkish calling him a bum, saying the guy doesn't even know me. I've never talked to him. He's probably just upset that the fact that I didn't get the, that I didn't get the vaccine. And he said he, they, that maybe they should change the MVP award to the MVVP award, the most valuable vaccinated player, which was actually quite funny if you want to know the truth. With I, that, I did with, chuckle at that. I'm going to yes. let me make that clear. Very, very <laughs> smart, clever guy. Yeah. With that, Harkish, Harkish just put this on Twitter a half hour ago. Did you see this? Yes, but read it. Go ahead and read it. 
wrote, I made a terrible mistake Tuesday with my Aaron Rodgers comments. It was completely my fault. There's no one to blame. I'm here to try and apologize. My column is unlocked and free for all to read. Well, thank goodness it's unlocked because Lord knows I wouldn't have paid to read it. But I did decide to read it. Did you read it? I did not, no. Let me tell you what he wrote. So he goes on with the apologies, which is great. He said, I couldn't possibly be more sorry for joining the conversation at all. And some of the childish things I said about Aaron Rodgers. Sounds pretty good, right? Pretty, uh, pretty contrite. Yeah, right? does so far. But there's then something right. Oh, there sure is. I've apparently unleashed a small army of self-styled social media and talk radio experts who have no clue what they're talking about to challenge the quality of the voting process and would attempt to invalidate any vote or thought process that doesn't agree with their own. A sign of the times, I guess. To which I just responded to Hub Arkish on Twitter, not that he really cares, and I said, so, you apologize to Rogers. Very cool, exclamation point. Mean that sincerely. And then you take a shot at the media because you think everyone blew this out of, out of proportion. You are such a schmuck. And that's what he is. He, he, he couldn't you actually used the word schmuck. I, on Twitter, I did. Okay. And that's, and that's what he is. He's a schmuck. That's what he is. Seriously. He, he did the right thing. He never should have said what he said yesterday because what he did was he made it personal about Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers had every right to respond. I'm glad that he saw, you know what, I probably shouldn't have said that. doesn't mean he doesn't believe it, but he shouldn't have said it, but he did. Now he's getting criticized all over the country. So he apologizes to Rodgers to get all of that heat off of him, and then he comes after the media for blowing it out of proportion which nobody blew it out of proportion, including me or you, because he is a voter and he made his vote personal, not about talent. No doubt. And I mean, and the thing about it is, and also with, with, with this sort of voting, is it, this is not something that usually kind of gets in the public sphere. I mean, it's supposed to be a secret ballot, right? Yeah, why, and, uh, why he even came out with it, he didn't need to. There was no, look, there was no reason for him to do this except that he wanted, to, except on some level, probably subconscious, he wanted to grandstand and, and make a and make, make a statement. Whereas all, it, all he had to do as a voter was just when the time came, to, came time to vote, vote for Tom Brady or Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor. I'll and and then and you could argue for those guys on their own merits without trashing without without getting into this sort of uh, this sort of shouting match with Aaron Rodgers. Mace, you have done a lot of guest spots, just like I have. Yeah, on other radio shows around the country, right? Yes. You always try and find a way, if you can, to endear yourself to that audience. Every time, so no, no, know who right. you're, know who you're talking to. If I, if I go, if I go on the air in Winnipeg, I make sure that I've, I, I've, I've got a little Blue Bombers or Winnipeg Jets thing to toss in there for right. fun. Yep, always so, do. So, Habarkish lives in Chicago. He's been there for decades when I was anchoring there. Hub Arkish was in Chicago. So he's been there for a very long time. Yep. 
He's on a Chicago radio station, The Score. Yeah. Don't you think he was trying to earn brownie points with Bears fans by calling Aaron Rodgers a jerk? And everyone say, yeah, Hub, you're our guy. You're our guy. And then you have you have the guy from the south side of Chicago off of Pulaski and Cicero saying, yeah, Hub Barkus, you tell him because I don't like that Brett Favre and I don't like that Aaron Rodgers. And I don't like the I don't like the Green Bay Packers at all. So yeah, that Aaron Rodgers, he is a jerk and he shouldn't be the most valuable player in the league. The problem is we live in a viral <laughs> no pun intended COVID. We live in a viral world where you're not just talking to Chicago. Everybody, including us in Denver, knew about what you said 15 minutes later. Exactly. And that's the thing. There's one thing. It's one thing. You know, you don't play it. It's one thing to play the audience, but it's another to not to not understand that you say something, then it's going it's going to explode on you if it's something like this. And you know what that makes them? We'll put a nice, tight red ribbon around the box of this conversation. Yeah. You know what that makes Hub Arkish? A uh, schmuck. I, I thought you were going to say as uh, as dumb as a as an Italian beef sandwich. Although I love Italian beef sandwiches. Yeah, you, but you the sandwich Al's, itself is dumb. Portillo's. But... Yeah, he's a schmuck. But yeah. it really bothered me that he decided to take a shot at the media. How I... dare we criticize him? How dare we criticize him? I got news for you. You made it personal. You, th- th- this isn't a this isn't a popularity contest. That's what you decided to do by calling him a jerk, and then saying the media who is criticizing him have no clue what they're talking about to challenge the quality of the voting process. Oh my gosh, you just gotta take the L sometimes. Right, and that that's the thing. So he made an apology. And then he blamed the media for basically blowing this out of proportion. No. So now he redirected. You know what, Hub? You're not part of our radio show again today. Twice for being stupid. What do we have coming up on the final word? The Nuggets are back in action at Ball Arena tonight. And a good win for the Avalanche last night on the road as Kale McCarr absolutely set Twitter on fire with his moves. We'll talk about all that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. with Goodman and Mason presented by Silter Har Mazda a no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda find them at sthmazda.com live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk here's Eric and Andrew Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Well, the Nuggets are back in town after four straight road games. They lost Monday night in Dallas, but the Jazz come into town tonight, third place in the West, and they are eight games ahead of the Nuggets, who are at the the fifth seed. So only two spots different 
in the standings, but eight games between them. And according to Monte Morris's social media, he expects to be back in action tonight for the Nuggets. The Jazz won game one of the season series, 122 to 110 in Utah. Who comes out on top tonight? The game is at 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. Well, hey, it's ESPN. By the way, we got the Avs last night on ESPN. We get the Nuggets tonight on ESPN. So if you're still waiting on altitude and don't get it home, it's a good chance to watch. To, to watch. You know, my record of uh, picking, uh, uh, of struggling in picks remains intact. I'm going to pick the Jazz to win tonight in the hopes that the Nuggets will get it done. Jazz are all banged up. I know the Nuggets are too, Yeah, but, the, but, but their injury list is long. I know the Nuggets are too, but but they're really long too. So, it, which, whichever the whichever group of healthy players play better, I suppose. But then again, Donovan Mitchell may not play in this game. We know Jokic will. Yeah, both he and Rudy Gobert are day to day, and Gobert actually did not take part in the shoot around this morning. Right. So, Aren't we all day to day, Mace? That's what Charlie really? Steiner used to always say, right? Is that right? I don't know. Did he? Yeah, when he was on ESPN Sports oh. Center, whatever he referred to a player being day to day, he'd then are. say, "But aren't we all?" We are. Seriously, we are. And uh, Joe Ingles, the first Jazz player this season to enter health and safety protocols for COVID. So it all started with the Jazz, and yeah. now it's uh, it's all coming down to the Jazz to be the last team to put someone into protocols. So interesting reflection there. It's interesting, like, through all the sports we're seeing that everybody's number as a team is coming up at some point to have a cluster of positive tests. Like for the Chargers, they had it before the Houston game and they lost. The Broncos had it this past week. They got all but one player who missed last Sunday's game back today. They're still waiting on Sam Martin and Brandon Mass who went in the protocol on Monday. Just in case you missed it, Mace, you brought up that Avalanche game last night against Chicago, and Kale McCarr oh. was the talk of Twitter, the talk of the town, and the hockey world was absolutely in awe as he showed off some nifty skating, slick stick handling, and an overtime game-winning goal past Marc-Andre Fleury in that game to secure the win for the Avs. Alex Newhook and Eric Johnson also scored Johnson twice in that 4-3 to three win. Any concern that McKinnon only has three goals in his 19 games this season and Avs defensemen scored that many just in last night's game? I mean, there's a slight concern, but if he's done enough over the years to where you expect that eventually there's going to come a cluster of goals that he's that he's you know there's re there's regression in the mean there's a sanction in the mean at some point I think McKinnon's going to ascend back to his his mean and uh, one of the reasons why I mean I'm not saying I'm I'm not worried about it but the Avs are better built to withstand McKinnon slumping in terms of goal production than probably any team with their star that isn't named Tampa Bay Lightning. There are lots of different ways to look at it, and I understand looking at it that way. I'll look at it another way. The Avs have the second most goals scored in the league this season, and actually you can make the case they do have the most goals scored this year because right now Florida has played 33 games. They have 128 goals. The Avs have played 29 games, so four games in hand, and they have 123 goals scored. So on average, they've scored the most goals per game this season, right? Yeah. And they've done all that without Nathan McKinnon being close to Nathan McKinnon. So I look at that as a positive. Yeah, they're going to be fine. And yeah. McK when they need McKinnon, he's probably going to be there to pick up the slack. Yeah. 
Just in case you missed it, Greg Robinson, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos' first two Super Bowl victories, has passed away at the age of 70. And the football world also mourning the loss of Dan Reeves, who passed over the weekend at 77. He coached the Broncos and Falcons to the Super Bowl. Thoughts on both former Broncos coaches no longer with us? Well, of course, Dan Reeves, I mean, he's you know, he's in the ring of fame. He, re- he is the only coach who's eligible for the Hall of Fame to have, to have four Super Bowl appearances as a head coach and not be in the Hall of Fame. And that's something that I've, I've long hoped to be corrected. Sadly, it's not going to be corrected in his, li- in his lifetime. And Greg Robinson, I mean, he in the late 1990s, when the Broncos were flourishing, he had the perfect defensive scheme to complement what the Broncos were doing on offense. The defense did give up yards, yes, but it made big plays, was outstanding in the pass rush, and got to and generated takeaways, which was an ideal complement for what the Broncos were doing offensively at the time. Right scheme, right people, right time, and it's, a, it's part of why the Broncos put together those back-to-back Super Bowl titles. Mace, very, very well said. That's going to do it for us. To the guys back at the station, Thank you so much for all the work that uh, you did today. Uh, obviously, Nolan, and then you, of course, Danny. Mace, great job as well. I'll you see too. you in the studio tomorrow. Be better. Make it the best possible night you can. Mm-hmm.